0: So you really want to do this. You are ready to take the next step. Um, It's a big responsibility. Have you done your due diligence? Well, okay. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we start dissecting and looking at becoming a pro. Oh, yes good stuff. I'll see you then. Ah, yes. On becoming a pro, there are a lot of things that I could tell you about making the jump from doing something on the side to becoming a pro. But today, we're going to keep this tight, and I am going to endeavor to leave you with some wisdoms. And today, I'm even going to Get you to um, have kind of a little quick checklist uh, to actually to see what it takes to become pro. Now, um, if you are new to this podcast, first of all, welcome and thank you for listening. And if you are not, you know how we do things around here. We give a few little wisdom smacks and some practical things and then we'll let you go. But today, not but, and today is no different. Um, I'm just going to uh, try to address some of the things that I get asked questions about and I'm going to tell you it does not feel like I am this big accomplished person um in my everyday you know world. Yes, I do work for myself. Yes, I have been doing it for 13 years now and um yes. I am still scared every day (laughs) of trying to make sure that I am doing what I need to do to make sure that um, I am not only a success, but that I'm fulfilled. I'm able to continue to do what I need to do and those types of things. Okay. So let's get into it. So the first thing I want to say is when you are trying to become pro, one of the biggest things that you'll do is you will start to have to figure out what it takes for you to be able to get paid. And that's something I find a lot of people um, don't seem to address. They believe that, oh, I love this hobby. I'm good at it. My friends say I'm good at it. So I'm going to charge for it. I'm going to go out and to the world and charge for it. And um, they go out ill prepared. And that's, (laughs) that's a nice way of saying it. And then the market eats them up. Am I saying that you have to uh, take all this time to research and things? Not necessarily, but what I am saying is, is do the bare minimum to set yourself up for a probability of succeeding instead of going out, getting beat back down, going out, getting beat back down and the like. And I'm gonna tell you, I have been there. I have done that and (laughs) it's no fun. And um, I have to be thankful for my resilience. We're gonna talk about that. an, in another podcast, probably tomorrow. But anyway, um, not everybody has that bounce backness just because. And so this is to set you up to do a little better than I was, to take my experience and the experience of a lot of people that I've had opportunity to work with to set you up for a higher probability of success. All right. So this is. Um, Something that I am very thankful that Stephen Pressfield did. He wrote a book. Now I have uh, two of his books that I speak very highly of, uh, and you've you've heard me recommend the previous one uh, called "The War of Art." It is powerful for people who are in the creative arts as well as anybody trying to work, you know, in in today's society um, to make it through. But he has another one called "Turning Pro." and this book this book is the book that if you are ready to to stop with all the dumb stuff and and really get started this is the book that you read this is the book that you obey and i'm not going to give you all of what the book says go get the book i will drop the links in the show notes check those show notes and go get that book um but what i will say is is that he makes some very good points in the book when he talks about moving from playing around to becoming a pro. And what he says is, is first and foremost, you need to make sure that you change how you approach what you do. You see, it's not about ignoring how you feel. It's not about ignoring your emotions. It is sometimes working with them and sometimes working despite them. And what you want to do is you want to get into the habit where you're showing up and doing the work overrides any of the stuff that would cause you to talk yourself out of it. And as I was reading, I was like, amen and amen. Too many times um, we feel like all the conditions have to be right, including our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors. And I'm going to tell you, people don't care if you're having a bad day when they are paying you for a good, a service, a program, or a platform. They don't care. They're like, look, this is not about you. You were the one who said that you were going to provide a service. So even if you're having a bad day, you better figure it out. Or Tim Gunn says, make it work. And so that's what that book really does a good job at. It's a short read of um, helping you to get your button gear and helping you to reprioritize what really is important for you to be able to do what you said you were going to do. And then the next thing is, is that one of the things that people don't seem to get when they're just starting out, and I'm going to chalk this up to inexperience and naivete and that is valuing your effort and time too many times people start to think they're going to turn pro and then they have a disconnect with what it takes to produce the work especially if you're a creative or what it takes to run the business, or any of those types of things. And I'm like, how in the world did you think you were going to do this? And you can't even commit to a few hours a day just to do the prep work for it. It amazes me. Case in point, I am blessed, so very blessed to be very good at teaching people stuff and helping people to get over the hump to get to a next level. And that is something that I'm confident in. I don't care, you know, what anybody else thinks. And it's not even about the fact that I have a lot of people um that I can look at to reaffirm it. It's just, I know what I know what I know. And I know that that is part of my vocation and my calling. And it never ceases to amaze me when I get someone who, comes to me and they say, okay, I want to become um, a pro at X, Y, or Z. And then we start working. I give them the things that we're going to accomplish, the skills we're going to make, and those types of things. And then they tell me, oh, it doesn't take all of that. Or they intimate to me based on how they're behaving. It doesn't take all that. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) yes, it does. And it is an eye-opening experience for them when they understand that they had no clue of what they would need to change, how they would need to change, and how they would need to value their time and effort. And so I'm just telling you up front, when you want to make that change to become a pro, you have got to value your time and effort. It's got to go right up there with all the other stuff. So, okay, let me just say this get a lot of people, I teach them how to write fiction for the first time. Yeah, I have some people I am actually teaching from grammar, how to really write grammar, all the way up to producing books. And I always tell them about Stephen Pressfield's other book, The War of Art. I tell them, um, resistance is going to come. Be ready for it. Resistance is not going to be playing with you. Resistance will tear up your car, make your child sick, make you sick, make you lose a job, all of these things. This is resistance. And they don't believe me. And when it happens, the first thing that happens is, I can't do this anymore. I have to go. And I'm like, I told you this was going to happen. And I don't like to be a I told you so person. But uh, a lot of times in the teaching experience, I'm like, recognize it for what it is. Make it work. Figure it out. Doesn't matter what's going on. Show up and do the work while you are addressing the other things. New level, new devil, folks, becoming a pro is not for the faint of heart. So, with that, um, another thing that I want to put forth to you is making sure that you understand how to produce whether it be creative or some other thing. Understanding when it is something that you must do and when it is something that you can either outsource or um, delegate to others. Yeah, and it's about being able to learn how to... uh, find your perfect mix because no one else can tell you that your perfect mix of what you do, and what others do so that you never become a cog in your system. All right. Now it's okay. If you want to keep something really small and, you know, like vanity, um, little boutique-ish, that's fine. It's just that you want to figure out how to produce. And sometimes people, that is one of their biggest fights of trying to figure out how to produce consistently to what's going to be manageable for them in the long run. Because this is definitely, this is past a marathon this isn't even a marathon. This is an ongoing daily thing. And I used to think, oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. No, it's not even a marathon. You got to be able to do this every day. And once you can find where you can do this every day, that's great. Now, I'm going to just say disclaimer. These are the things that I continuously have to work on In my own life, my own business, there's always something we need to sure up, we need to do, we need to fix, we need to grow in, and I'm not going to pretend like I have all of this stuff done. But what I will say is, I'm going to give you (laughs) some of these wisdoms that I've gained over the years to hopefully help you shortcut becoming a pro. Okay, so the next thing is, is you need to understand. That becoming a pro means that you have to develop a prose polish. You know, there's a difference between getting um, food from a restaurant that you are happily willing to pay for and food that comes out of your kitchen that you may pay for. and that and that might be out of guilt, <laughs> okay? you have to learn that polish. It's all about understanding, knowing, and gleaning the insiders tips, tricks, and the, the polish, the finish of a product, service, or offering. Um, I learned something the hard way Young, when I was young. I was pretty good at making cakes, and someone hired me to make a, some cakes. And I made them and it took forever. I had not charged enough. And it was a disaster at first because I had to remake the cakes because what I made for the amount of people, my recipe was off. It wasn't cooking evenly with my stove. It was just a a, a thing. And I ended up having to ask to bring the cakes to the event instead of having them be able to pick them up early and that taught me not only with um all of the things that went wrong i looked at the cakes and the cakes looked homemade they did not have the polish that they would have gotten if they had gone to a bakery and i actually offered to give the guy his money back and he was like no the cakes tasted great everybody was you know fine but if it had not been someone who was kind And understanding where would I have been? And that's when I first started realizing that there is a certain amount of polish and finesse that we deliver something that warrants us being able to charge what we do. And this this is another one, you guys. Understanding when to switch sides. When do you switch from being a hobbyist to a pro? that is something that has to be answered by you. I wish I could give you a quick, cute, little answer with some antidote, but I can't. You have to pose that question to you. And on the flip of that, when do you not switch sides? Um. Now this one, I know intimately, not just from myself, but from family members, just because you are good at something and you enjoy doing it, does not mean you need to uh, take money for it and have people uh, and turn it into work. That, to me, is one of the biggest traps that people fall into when becoming a pro. Just because you love to cook or you love to sew or you love to draw or whatever it may be, does not necessarily mean that that is what you need to become a pro in. I used to laugh and joke after I learned this the hard way that people would say, you know, to do it all again, you know, what would be the perfect business for you? And I would tell people a coffee and chocolate shop and they were like, what? Coffee and chocolate. I was like, yeah, I said, and maybe hot dogs. And they were like, "What?" I was like, "Cause I can't stand any of them." And they were like, "Oh, the sacrilege!" Yeah, I was like, "I don't like the taste of any of them." I mean, now I'll deal with chocolate, but the rest of them, nah. And uh, I was like, because I would not, um, I would, I would not run the risk of ruining my love for the art of um, of doing something or of of seeing something. Um, I remember. Uh, there was this documentary of um, um, a factory that produced chocolate and they made a rule. And I don't remember the name of uh, the documentary or the chocolate factory, but I want to say it was during the time of um, one of the world wars or right after it. And they hired a lot of women. That's what I remember. They hired a lot of women and they had this, this, this rule. You can eat as much chocolate as you want. And the women were like, what? And so they noted that usually, after about two years of working on the job, most of them could not stand chocolate. And so they didn't have to worry. It was only the newbies that, you know, would eat it and it would balance out so that people would come in, they would do their job and they would go on about their business because they made me sick of looking at it. And I was like, yeah, that's me from the, from the get. But it allowed them to dispassionately, passionately do their work, meaning they weren't uh, in the risk of... um ruining whatever quote-unquote love they had for something. And to me, that is a very painful thing because it happened to me and it uh, happened to a few other people I knew. And so I'm going to say, if you have a hobby that is your escape, it is your respite from the storms, from the bad stuff, don't necessarily think that you need to turn it into a business because that business could possibly ruin it for you. All right. So then the next thing is I want you to note that you are, in this, this one is real important. Very, very important. Well, all of them are very important, but I want to say that the, the next ones that I'm going to talk about, I would put them wet way up on what you need to consider when you're trying to become a pro. And that is, okay, don't try or expect to get any kind of acclaim, validation, or emotional support from your customers, your clients, your patients, your audience to keep you going and doing what you need to do. You need to learn to start treating the praise, the rejection, and the criticism all the same. And that does not mean you are to ignore them. You are to grow from them, only extracting useful information that helps you to be a better person at doing what it is they are hiring you to do. If someone gives you praise, Strip out any of the sycophantic language uh, and look for the gems of um, things that you can improve on or strengthen or make certain that you continue to do. With rejections, be willing to take them. They hurt. I wish I could tell you they don't ever stop hurting. For some people they do, but for others, I wish I could say they, do, they don't. And, Part of what you want to make sure you understand is that part of your wanting to get the praise or live in the praise of the praises of the people is because you want to fit in. You want to be a part of society. You want to be liked. It's nothing wrong with wanting to be liked. It's just that when it comes to your business, your business suffers when your need to be liked is in the mix, in the equation. So you need to treat all of it, all the same, only looking at it to see how you can continue to grow as a person and as a business. And then this next one is real important. I would have thought that I knew this, but I didn't. And it thus had a problem. I'll tell you how it worked. The next one is have confidence in your work. Um. I and and a lot of, you know, I have uh, been a cosmetologist, meaning a a hairdresser for many years, many, many, many many years. I don't work in that vein now. I haven't worked in that vein for many years, but I keep my license and I keep my skills up to date. Um, But it was um, a passion of mine. And this is what I was saying when I was saying you could ruin your love for something. You know, you guys, it's I have. It's hard for me to even want to comb my own hair because I have combed, cut, uh, permed, relaxed, uh, colored, you name it, I have done it to so many people's hair over the years. I don't really care to look at hair. Um, I could go off on a tangent and tell you that I'm almost to the point where if someone calls me and the only reason why they've called me is to ask me about hair, that I put them on the list, do not call back and they are not my friend kind of thing because I hate talking about it. It, because it's just to the point. Where I'm like, ah, you know. But what I learned when I was having to do this for years and years, and this is how I, um, the the mainstay of how I paid for uh, education, the part that I could pay because student loans are a joke. But I mean, for real. Um, but having confidence in my work that when I would get done, I had to, as much as it felt bad. I had to be confident that I had delivered on my promise and that I had delivered something that I was proud of, because I was proud of it, but I had to get used to being proud of it, knowing that I did what I did and get this because of knowing what I did, what I did, and i I, I delivered on my promise and exceeded that, because that was another thing exceeding my promise. I had to be able to stand flat-footed and sure and ask for and receive my compensation. This one here is a big one that I have to work with a lot of people on when they are becoming pro. They have settled all the other stuff. They know what it takes to get paid. They know how to show up. They have developed the pro's polish. They have set aside and valued their time and effort. They have priced the stuff accordingly. They have figured out how to produce in the long run. They have decided what is going to be appropriate for them as a pro as opposed to a a hobbyist. And they um, have uh, learned how to get started and get going only to find out that they lack the confidence to stand there and not allow people to haggle with them or try to negotiate or whatever, you know. There are times when you have to believe in yourself and that's another reason why you don't ever want to try to get your claim, your validation or emotional support from your clients. Do that on your own or have your family members tell you you did that. It does not matter how much people take pictures and post on social media or rant and rave. This is a business, and anything that you get from that should be treated for the 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 fact of data gathering, of being able to help you to continue to deliver what you deliver, being able to help you understand where you fit in the field. We're going to be in the in the second part where we talk about how to become a pro. We'll be talking about um, how to look at competition and those types of things. But please understand that you have to get it settled in your mind that you have confidence in your work. And I'm going to say this, having confidence in your work is an immediate thing, but it is also a growing thing, meaning that you have to be confident that there's no turning back. I said I was gonna charge for this, I'm gonna charge for this. But then you also wanna continue to build your confidence by getting better. You should not be stagnant in what you do. You should be learning, growing, observing, gleaning, changing, and understanding that just like anything else, you are an evolving person. If your products, uh, they if technology makes it where they come out with better products, you must stay with the times and get the better products you know, if there is a better way for you to increase your profits without um, messing with the integrity of what you produce, be willing to do that. Don't get stuck in ruts, especially other people's ruts. I talked about that the other day. There are a lot of things that it takes to do when you are dealing with having confidence in your work. And if you are in an industry where people might haggle over pricing or whatever especially if you're selling commodities well then that's you know that's that's something that you can take in to um account if that's the culture or whatever but for the rest of us what you said is what you said that's the price and you need to qualify people before if they're going to try that with you um for me so like with my 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 client services. When someone books with me, they pay, just like when you go to a doctor's office, they pay either before or at time of beginning before services begin. And I meant what I said, I do not stutter, I do not play on that because I know that I know I am going to deliver what I promised. That I know. And therefore, there should not be any question, okay? And this has taken years to get to. But I'm going to shortcut it for you so that you can, you can get that. And then the next thing is health. On becoming a pro, you're going to have to ask your body, your mind, and your emotions to do things above and beyond what you used to. And it is going to have an impact on your health. You're going to have to make even more time to make sure that you exercise, move your body right, eat well. When I stood on my feet for hours and hours on end, uh, I had to learn how to book my um, customers so that I could take a break to eat. One of the saddest things is to stand there having a room full of people who are waiting on you to personally deliver service to them. And you've been on your feet since six in the morning and it's two in the afternoon And you've been working constantly and they're looking at you like, you better not stop. I'm already running late, (laughs) you know? And so I want to save you all of that pressure so that you know beforehand, make time. Remember when I said value your effort and your time? This is part of it. Make time. Just because you can make an extra uh, amount here or there, it doesn't make sense if you are shortcutting your amount of time to be able to make that extra money. This is not even a marathon. This is new, new way of life, new rules, new normal. And you have to plan accordingly because it is worth it. So on becoming a pro, I want to just go back over what we covered today. Becoming a pro. You need to know what it takes to get paid for what you do. That means that you need to uh, understand the least viable effort, meaning the minimum that you need to bring to the table to even consider asking somebody for money. And the next thing is, is you have to understand what it means to change, to become a pro. How you have to show up to do the work. Stephen Pressfield's book on turning pro is is one. The next thing is do your due diligence, study the industry, understand um, how to develop a prose polish, how to stay in the game uh, if you need certain equipment to develop and present this prose polish, what is it? How are you going to get it? Know the insider tips, tricks, finish and product. even be willing, to pay to shadow someone, to uh, do a consultation with someone who has successfully been doing something for a while. Get in there and do your research. And please make sure you value your effort and your time, making sure that you squirrel away time to take care of your health and making sure that you know how to produce when it should be you doing it, when it should be someone else or uh, automation of some sort. Understand that and make sure you get ready for that. And sometimes what you love or your hobby should not become your pro. So you need to know when it's time for you to switch to becoming a pro and when it's time for you to not risk uh, your solitude and your peace for becoming a pro. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you need to be doing it. And of course, have confidence in your work. Don't don't try to get accolades from someone of uh what you think they should. Uh, I mean, I mean of how you feel based on what they think. All right, and it's all about the health. Make sure you take care of your health. So guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.